listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. actually good we have unapologetically crapped on this movie for how bad it tanked we'll get into that here in a little bit but dex trying to tell y'all since fucking october hey this movie is a banger <laughs> literally night one when this movie came out i said it's real cinema hours we're going to support this movie none of you wanted to listen but that's fine i put it on my back I gave this movie like fourteen dollars because I saw it twice, and it made seventeen dollars at the <laughs> box office. <laughs> but this movie fucking bangs, and I've been telling y'all for literally four months now, and now it's on HBO Max. People can see it, and they're like, "Oh, why didn't anybody tell me about this movie? It's so good! Oh my god, Ben Affleck's in it, Matt Damon's in it. It's so good! Oh, what a story! I told y'all for months." Now it's my time to shine. We Much here. like your Patrick Mahomes takes, no one is listening. Oh, I can't win them all. <laughs> I can't win them all. It's hard to back up. It's hard to stream and back up what was just like an all-time football Sunday, but here we are. Um, yeah, man. I got uh, Brady out of here, and we're talking about the last duel. So, you know, I, I went two for three, you know, not bad. 67% from the field is – all-time great you know so we were talking about this before the podcast teach if if you gave josh allen and patrick Mahomes, like if it came down to a throw-off to see who won the game in overtime how far do you think that those two could get a get a ball i said 75 yards dex said end zone to end zone <laughs> i said legitimately 100 yards i think josh allen or patrick mahomes with all the pressure and all the adrenaline like Fate of the Super Bowl depends on this. I think one of them could throw the football 100 yards in the air. Josh Allen threw nine touchdowns in two playoff games, and he went home. That is insane. That doesn't make <laughs> oh. sense. That doesn't so make sense. Dumb. It's so dumb. That'd be like if the NBA overtime rules were like, first one to five. Like, you're just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, uh, we are doing The Last Duel, a movie that is on HBO Max that you can actually see um because the marketing for this movie was absolute garbage dex we said this before on this podcast if you're a regular listen to this podcast you this bit is old to you now but if you're new to this uh and you're like oh i want to see what people have to say about the last duel it tanked it was crazy it was one of the i wrote a whole article on it it was one of the like biggest bombs of 2021 by far and the studio has no one to blame but themselves. Also, the actors and the filmmakers have no one to blame but themselves. Did anybody see anyone promote this movie? Not once. 
Like I never heard I've never heard Matt Damon say a word about this movie existing. Like I he was like Matt on Damon. Hot Ones and he was like the last duel is fine. Like he was like what? <laughs> I see Matt Damon multiple times a day talking about fucking crypto.com and I just cannot escape him. But this man never once mentioned that the last duel existed. <laughs> Goodwill hunting trying to sell me cryptocurrency is getting old. I'm, I'm done <laughs> with that. Worst. I'm uh, not interested. It's not happening. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it a little bit more, but let's get into the synopsis. This is on HBO Max. Go check it out. The Last Duel uh, came out a few months ago. Rated R. It is a little long, two hours, 32 minutes. That actually kind of feels like it flies by to me. Uh, 7.4 on IMDb. Uh, number 20 popularity movie overall right now. King Charles VI declares that knight Jean de Carouge settle his dispute with his squire by challenging him to a duel. Pretty straightforward, but it isn't. It's a little bit deeper than that. Ridley Scott uh, directed this movie. 80-year-old Ridley Scott coming in hot with two movies in a year. Incredible. And he didn't miss either time, if you ask Not me. really, no. I know some people will disagree, but both – Last Duel and House of Gucci are bangers to me. So that's that's true. That's facts. Uh, it was written by Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, the first movie that they've written together since uh, Goodwill Hunting that won them an Oscar. Nicole Holofencer, I'm so sorry if I haven't pronounced that name right. She also added, uh, she came in to help write the script. And I think she was the woman's perspective at the very end of the film. I think that was all of her her doing which was smart by affleck and damon to be like nah i don't think we should write this um <laughs> yeah, man, good, yeah, call. yeah. <laughs> good call it would have been better if ridley scott brought in a woman to also direct that too but we can get into that um yeah we gotta get into that stars matt damon adam driver jody comier the goat young goat uh and ben affleck having the absolute time of his life <laughs> just <laughs> I don't think he's ever had more fun in a movie. I don't think he's had more fun in a movie in like 10 years. I really if don't. Ever make him Batman again and make him have to go around town being depressed. Let's just let him be happy. Let's just keep doing happy stuff. He looked like he was having time in his life. He really saw the paycheck for that Batman film. Is like, what could go wrong? <laughs> Everything can go wrong. Yeah. Um, before we get into how much money it made, uh, it has 85% on Rotten Tomatoes, 81% audience score. The Last Duel's critique of uh, systemic misogyny isn't as effective as it might have been, but it remains a well-acted and thought-provoking drama infused with epic grandeur. Um, Ridley Scott's... What does that mean? What do they mean might have been? Might have been had what? What's the? What's uh, I don't know. Might have been if it was better. <laughs> like I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure. It's yeah. I thought the critique on masculinity was just fine. I got well. Else. We'll talk <laughs> about it. In a, we'll talk about it in spoil. Not spoilers, but we'll talk about it in our reviews. But like the brutality of some of the stuff is like. Mm, yeah. There's some dude bro stuff in here. Yeah, and it's definitely like a lot of like. Like, come fuck all these women with me. And it's just kind of, yeah, it's kind of like high five. You know what I mean? I literally and don't I know, know what the point of to... having that, that scene in this movie was. The first scene with the first random woman that we never mentioned again. I don't know what the, what point that scene serves in this film. Yeah, I don't know. 
Um, but here's the big thing around this movie, uh, and it led Ridley Scott to say some very wrong and bad things on the internet. Um, Shocking. 80-year-old man says bad things on the internet. <laughs> says, says, says wrong, has wrong opinion on culture. Um, These youth. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> this had a worldwide gross of $30 million on a $100 million budget. Uh, That's not getting it done. Not it's getting opening it done weekend domestically, it made five less than $5 million. I tried to help. I did everything that I could. <laughs> this, is, this is like the Yankee payroll versus playoff wins. Like, this is disgusting. <laughs> the amount of output that we got for $100 million is disgusting. The Rays are just blowing you out, like, in the playoffs. Just nasty, like... nasty stuff. But this $100 million to go make $30 million. That's insane. And With Ridley really... Scott and every movie star you can name in mm-hmm. this film, they made $30 million. And, like, Damon's – I don't even think – I think – I think Damon's uh, other films this year made twice that. Had to have. I think that, what do you call it, Stillwater movie had to have made more money. Had to have. I, I don't know, though, because, like, I mean, that's another film that I saw, and, like, it's fine, I guess, but I don't really think it made that much money. $20 million budget, $20 million box office, according to Wikipedia. Wow. So. Look, if Dex Hinton walked into a studio office tomorrow morning, and said, I wrote a movie. Uh, you don't need to really read it, but uh, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon and Adam Driver have already agreed to be in the film. I want you yeah. to give me $100 million. They're handing him $100 million without reading the script because he just named three of the biggest movie stars in the world. How can this movie not make the money back? It's it's the most sound investment I could ever imagine. And somehow, Ridley Scott, who is an American hero and a great director, made $30 million out of that investment. That is Except good. that he's British. The math doesn't make sense. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, but it really, it really is. And they like we we've harped on this enough almost, but I just had to talk about it because, like, his last sword and sandals is kind of the genre of what you know the layman term for these films. His last sword and sandals movie was Exodus: God and Kings, a movie which is bad, but they, um, <laughs> but it's still it quote unquote did not do well at the box office it made 24 million and granted that's in them's is 2014 moviegoers when people you know like there's a lot of things going into why this tank covid kind of being one of them but you say that and then and then a lot of other things kind of made money around this you know what i mean plus the house of gucci for all we know made its money back and then some too a movie which came out after this as mm-hmm. COVID cases were con- going back up. And they released this, I feel like, in a lull of COVID cases. Like, okay, let's get it out there. And then they just didn't market it. Like, they tweeted one time the trailer from its Twitter account. Like, the the original trailer on YouTube, I think, only has, like, 4 million views. Like, the... Okay. Yeah, the... They didn't market at all. Haven't done any awards pushes. They didn't market that, like... Oh, this is a movie that Ben Affleck and Matt Damon have written. First movie that they have written together since they won an Oscar. Everyone's seen that clip of them jumping up and down and like forgetting who to thank and bringing their moms to the Oscars. Like everyone has seen that and knows, you know, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck go hand in hand. They didn't market that at all. Plus, people seem to like Adam Driver. 
obviously people like Ridley Scott films. Jodie Comer isn't the most marketable star right now, but she's still like the lead of one of the most, yeah, one of the lead of one of the most successful TV shows going on right now that has a hive on Twitter, apparently Dex that you got into, but it's strange times, but anyway, (laughs) but it's, it's baffling to me that one, they didn't push this and granted, maybe people don't want to go see a movie about sex, two sexual assaults, same sexual assault, two timelines, but like it, yeah, maybe. I don't know. It just uh, y'all got that, any more thoughts on that before though, we move on? I don't think that's what to it me is that's, at all. The thing about that is though, like people didn't even know this existed to know that they didn't want that. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like their marketing was so bad that it's not like people were like, "Oh, I've heard of the last duel. I can't support a movie that has sexual assault in it." No, nah, they were like, "I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. What is that?" Like, <laughs> what is the last know. duel? There was no dialogue of, holy shit, are they going to release this movie with sexual assault in it? How do they do that? Because nobody knew this movie was coming out. So there wasn't really time for there to be a dialogue about that kind of thing. Yeah, there was no discourse. There was no dialogue. The movie came out. Nobody knew, except me, apparently. And then, like, we just moved on. And now it's on HBO Max and in front of people's faces. And they're like, oh, shit, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon and Adam Driver in this movie. I can watch that. And they like it. So, like, I, how do you mess up I, this badly? How do you just not do any marketing whatsoever? I guarantee you somebody got fired. Like, I, Maybe we... What, I, I, I don't know how to think about this, because obviously somebody whose job is to market a film and make as much money as you can from the film failed horribly at their job. But, like, what does that mean, like, for people who like movies? The fact... If, if when this gets out to HBO and a million... Two million or however many million people see this movie, and we all say this is a good movie. That didn't really do his like Ridley did really did his part. It's just like it's so weird that the like what the studios did or didn't do like like affects how people view the film because I haven't seen many people say I don't like that movie. So obviously the filmmakers and the art artists did their job. It's not my job to go market this fucking movie. Studio wig, go market my fucking movie. I gave you something classic. Go market that shit. Yeah, and um, yeah, I wrote a whole article about that and kind of compared it to other films that had come out, uh, like from Ridley Scott's filmography and so on and so forth. You can go find it at Apollo HOU. But getting into the movie, finally, uh, that is what we're going to kind of talk about now, or we should talk about now. Uh, Dex, go ahead, man. All right. So I, I saw the trailer for this movie the day they tweeted it, and I like I assume most Americans would do. I saw that Adam Driver, the young goat, he's not even that young, but still Adam Driver, Matt Damon, one of the biggest movie stars working today, are starring in a movie, takes place in like the 1300s, and they're going to have a duel with each other. And also Jodie Comer (laughs) is here from Killing Eve. Like I'm I'm on board. I'm sold. I, I... I started watching Killing Eve right before this uh, the trailer dropped, so I was like intimately familiar with how good Jodie Comer is. I don't know if a lot of people are, but anyway. So I was super excited. Movie comes out. I go opening night to see it. There's like seven other people in my theater. And <laughs> we were all just having a blast. Like, this shit was incredible. Like, Was it you and a bunch of olds? Yeah, it was me. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
three older couples on a date and then like one other random movie nerd who was there by themselves like you know like one of those that's situations. that's one of the better tweets that i've seen in the last few weeks is like you know the movie's about to be fire when it's you and a bunch of old people <laughs> yeah, it's just you and like i live in katie houston suburb it's like it's i'm seeing it and there's a bunch of like old couples there like three or four of them like we in for some shit like this is gonna get nominated for an oscar usually if it's just us in there (laughs) so i didn't know much about like how the film was structured and things like that so when i got there and you know it starts out with like chapter one and it's i don't remember the names but matt damon's character is like telling you the story and then it like flips By back. The, <clears throat> we're gonna do that all film. We're not gonna say any of their because it's all French and we're dumb. So no thanks. Yeah, uh, nobody needs that. But yeah, it like gives you Matt Damon's <laughs> part of it, and then it gives you Adam Driver's part of it, and then it gives you Jodie Comer's part of it, and you're seeing like the same events play out in different ways. And like Matt Damon comes out, and it's all like it's not all serious, but it's mostly serious. And like you know, you you know, it's a movie about rape and things like that. And you're like, okay, like this is a real like serious thing like capital f film all right we're in and then adam driver character comes back and is like telling you like nah bro this shit was hilarious like you should right like you joking me right now bro this, you could have had this fun the whole time like me and ben affleck been over here vibing and fucking like just like, <laughs> whatever we want and like i just really appreciated that about it and then obviously you come back with johnny comer's part of it which is again like very serious and gives you all the commentary on misogyny and things like that, which I thought I really appreciate. I really like that like storytelling approach to it. And uh, the plot, the plot is great to me, you know, getting to see bits and pieces, like get it, like add more context as it builds and learning new information exactly when you need it, but not before you need it. I really appreciate when stories can do that. Um, and then by the end of it, the, the last duel, like the titular last duel is the incredible. duel of the last duel. Yeah. <laughs> Watching Adam Driver and Matt Damon beat the fuck out of each other is incredible content. They I were mean, beating the hell out of each other. Exactly. It obviously, was crazy. You the whole like existential, like misogynistic commentary about like this shouldn't be happening in the first place. Obviously, we just saw this man rape Jody Comer twice. You literally made us watch it two times. Like we shouldn't yeah. be having a fucking, you know. Matt Damon walked into court and was like, "Ball don't lie." <laughs> That's the <laughs> whole fucking reason that there's justice in this scenario because the ball ain't lie. But like, <laughs> you know, so that like balancing that like commentary with the dope ass action of Adam Driver and Matt Damon beating the fuck out of each other after we hung out with those two and Ben Affleck having a fucking ball it's an incredible movie and i wouldn't saw it again when i was on my like movie watching street during the astros playoffs shout out but this movie fucking bangs i'm glad other people are finally watching it i know if people had seen it in theaters they would have liked it just as much as they do now but you know whatever you can't win them all i give it an a uh one of my favorite movies of last year honestly it's like i think it was in my top three from last year so Mm. yeah i fucking love this movie man Teach, go ahead. Uh, I I enjoyed it. I, going into the movie, I didn't know. Uh, all I knew was that Jodie Comer's character was going to be raped, and that was going to cause these two men in the center of our film to have a duel. But I didn't know their relationships to the woman or how we would get there. 
So I really like the way that they, when you are first watching Matt Damon's story, that like there are parts of the story that you see that you show like, okay, Matt Damon's not the good guy. And we don't really know a lot about Adam Driver's character for the first third of the film. We He's kind of like, just like the friend character. You don't know a lot about him. And then all of a sudden, like shit starts to turn up. You're like, wait, how do we get here? I'm missing something. Like we, there's obviously something that we've missed. So that way we arrive at the end of Matt Damon's part of the film. We now know that he wants to fight to the death of the dude that was his friend like 30 minutes ago. So, oh, this Matt Damon guy doesn't treat this Jodie Comer woman very well, but what the hell is going on here? And then, you know, the way he romanticizes his relationship with Jodie Comer, and it just kind of looks like when he returns from war and she's just like, oh my God, I'm so happy you're home. And really, she's like, I was holding shit down. I'm going to be miserable now that you're here. Like, it was actually much better when you weren't here. Uh, But now some crazy shit had happened to me because nobody was here. Now I got to try to process that plus deal with your own insecurities and the fact that now you are thinking that I'm telling you like something that's not true. And I just love the way that it kind of spools out and you slowly get pieces of the story until you get to what is the truth, which is really her perspective of the story, which is the actual truth. And you kind of see these guys for what they are. So by the time you get to the duel, you're just like, man, these guys fucking suck. But obviously, I don't want our main character. I don't want Jodie Comer to die. So I guess I'm rooting for a Mad Damon. But really, these dudes both deserve to die. And then they beat each other to death for 20 minutes. Like, it is just great filmmaking. But this is what really Scott does. He, he gives you movie stars. I don't know if I would enjoy this movie really nearly as much if it wasn't like a whole bunch of Adam Driver being on screen with Matt Damon, being on screen with Ben Affleck and Jodie Comer just seeming like she belonged there. Like, she's she's playing in the big leagues, but we've never seen her we don't know her as a movie star. We know her as a, she holds down a TV show. She's great in the TV show, but like we're in a movie now. This is a hundred million dollar movie. You're at the center of this movie. you got to really hold it down. I thought she did a great job. And so I spent a lot of time enjoying myself for that reason. And the movie is, is perfectly fine. I don't think the dialogue is particularly like mind blowing or, or particularly like what I would want is it's snappy fashion. Like I would want in a goodwill hunting movie. it ain't. Yeah, it ain't, it ain't it ain't that kind of it's not a dialogue drama like it's more Shakespearean in the way that they show you things and I enjoyed it for what it was it never lost my attention I would give it an A minus I, I thought it was as good as people said it was I see why people enjoyed it and I just thought everybody's performances were top tier and it was really weird I, at first I was like why is Matt Damon this, or Ben Affleck in this movie making jokes but of course it's just like uh, the story of Gucci or House of Gucci where it's like it's a pretty serious story. That involves death, but like we're gonna have a little bit of fun at times, and I kind of like that. Really, Scott can do that. I've always kind of liked that about his films. Even in Gladiator, there's jokes, and that's probably the most deadpan movie you've ever seen outside of a Batman film. But like, there he still finds <laughs> ways to sneak in little jokes. And I just like that about his filmmaking. I'll give it an A minus. I do it. Yeah, I appreciate that. I know a lot of people, especially nowadays, like you hear a lot of critics talk about like tonal whiplash or whatever, <laughs> like not being able to handle there being like jokes and serious movies or whatever. But I appreciate that when films can pull that off. And I thought the last little pulled it off. Also, uh, talking about Jodie Comer, like holding her, holding it down with, you know, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon and Adam Driver on screen. She also, she did that. And she also did a comedy with Ryan Reynolds. Like, yeah, low key. Oh, that's like, true. She is a free guy. That's true. Yeah, she got she she got a bag. Like she she got like she got bag. She she can do some shit, bro. Like she she not she not Giannis out here just running and dunking. Like she she got some skills. Y'all don't, she can I don't dribble and shoot. 
I know y'all don't watch TV, but she is just what she's what she's doing on Killing Eve is phenomenal. She is just incredible as that character, and she just kind of like immediately pops off the screen. That was the first time I'd ever seen her, and after the first episode, I was like, "Who is this woman?" Like she just literally just pops off the screen. She's just really talented, and she can joke. She can be serious. She can. She has that range. I'm just saying, bros, just watch her in the next coming years because she she belongs there, and I hope she's at the center of more big movies because she's fucking talented. It's she's weird when you start. Next. Yeah, it's weird when you start seeing people that are your age or even like a couple years younger, like rising to stardom. You know what I mean? She's only 28. <laughs> you're just like, oh, wait. Good Lord. You know, you, you always think that actors and people are like way older or like way mature than they are. And like, yeah, she's only like 28. She's like, she's like a theater nerd like 10 years ago. You know what I mean? So it, she was really good. Um, the, the tonal shift thing too, just to add on Tej is like, or in, in Dex is, is that, you know, Ridley Scott, no one would ever accuse Ridley Scott of not having fun making his films. I will say that. Like, seems like he's having the time of his life every single time, whether it's good or not, like he's going to try it. And yeah. And I put in my review that he's like, you know, in the total shifts, I'm, I'm all over the place, but the total shifts, like when you have a, like bits and pieces, instead of like going, we're going like full, like yakety sack slapstick thing. Like when you have bits and pieces mm-hmm. of throwing, like, and it, fits within the context of the movie that's fine yeah it's not like when you're like somebody slipping on a banana pill and like there's a dick and a fart joke you know what i mean but like <laughs> um the I, the thing that i put in my in my review online was that ridley scott is is like pat riley or phil jackson in that he gets his stars he sets them up in the best positions to be stars and he just says all right iso like it's just mm-hmm. he just lets them do that and obviously you've seen in some of the he'll, he'll like hang on matt damon or he'll hang on jody comer like for a beat long because he's like he understands the gravity of like movie stars mm-hmm. and matt damon ben affleck for what he is he's still a movie star like like you know maybe not a great actor <clears throat> Like he wasn't technically good in this movie, but he was a movie star and he was having fun. And really Scott was like, all right, cool. Let's just like, let's let hang, let's let him be charismatic. You know what I mean? And handsome. Like, it's just like, they understand, he understands the weight of that. Um, and it fits. Like it didn't feel like that character was out of place. I know some people said about, I disagree with the, the, the critique, but people said about house of Gucci that like some characters felt out of places in other characters' stories, the lady Gaga movie, felt weird when Jared Leto walked into it. This didn't have that effect. It didn't feel weird having this very serious movie have Ben Affleck in there, like, making dick and fart jokes and fucking everything that moves. Like, it didn't feel weird. It felt like, oh, that's how a guy with that kind of power over these people would act in that position. Yeah. He's just like a playboy, and he would act like that. But that that the fact that he has that power is central to the plot of the film. So he had kind of has to live his life in that way to show you this is the guy that's supposed to make the ultimate decision of quote-unquote justice like this is gonna go to this guy. Oh, we gotta get around. And he just, this guy. He's just having multiple orgies with Adam Driver's character. Like, yeah, it fits. <laughs> like him just being like, take your pants off. It's like it's just funny within. It's just in the movie. But um, all right. So this is the part uh, that I want to talk about in my review, and it's gonna be hard for three straight males to talk about this part. But we're gonna do our best. Um, 
there are multiple rapes in this movie. So uh, if that would dissuade you from watching this movie, I could completely understand. It's a lot of trauma for a lot of people, a lot of trauma for a lot of women. Um, unfortunately, they tried to, I think, tell a story about that, which I'm glad they had. Uh, they, I'm glad they had a woman, like I said at the beginning of the review, <clears throat> I think mostly right uh, Jodie Comer's part, which I think I think is smart. Um, Dex, you said in the group message that if this is directed by a woman, maybe it's a little bit more subtle. Like the second scene, and I get why they did it the way that they did it to tell it in a different way of how the first rate took place the second one was just particularly heartbreaking and brutal like i get why they did it but it's also like can we like can we like leave, leave this a little to the imagination you know what i mean it, it, even this even the first one too because it's like the first one is like oh she you know and living before eight 1980 stinks let me just get, we'll yep. say that every again. single film. <laughs> again, we have to say this. Living before 1980, absolutely garbage. Yeah, because within this movie, he's like telling Ben Affleck, is like, oh, she protested as all women do. But it's like, bruh. Like, it, it's like, it's still rape. And it's like. Well, she's it, not pregnant, so it can't be rape. Well, yeah. That's uh, just science. Yeah, that's just, that's just science. Do you enjoy sex with your husband? Because if because if you do, you would have been pregnant by now. Yeah, like, what's really going on here? Like, if you enjoyed it, it couldn't have been rape. They like say that in this movie, and it's just like, Ugh. like it's just one of these. It, it one, it still hits a little bit too close to home, but it's also like, man, that would thank God we've come that far. And like, at good least, because like obviously we have a long, long way to go when it comes to how we, you know. uh adjudicate rape cases in this country obviously i mean you got two baylor grads sitting here talking about this movie yeah. like, we know we yeah. got a long way to go but mm. i'm yeah that's set. when you watch the first scene uh where it's from adam driver's perspective and it shows him raping jody comer like completely like not left to the imagination you see it straight up you're like okay we got that answered you know, I wish we didn't have to see it, but like, it's good that they didn't just leave it like ambiguous, like, mm-hmm. you know, did he or didn't he, whatever. But then when they show it the second time, it just feels like feels dirty, man. It feels it really feels gross. Dirty. It feels gratuitous. Like, I understand why they did it that way, right? To show, like, you know, Adam Driver, watching it from Adam Driver's perspective, obviously it's still bad, but you might be like, okay, well, you know, that's just what it is. It feels kind of like PG-13 in that way. And then you see, like, it from Jodie Comer's perspective, and it's, like, much more, like, rated R, like, holy shit, this is extremely fucked up. Ugh. Obviously, as it is. And it, like, lasts for so long, and it feels like so... like five like, minutes. It feels so brutal as a viewer. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like had they not shown the first one and just shown the second one, it might, like, might feel not better but like it don't, it don't wouldn't feel as gross and gratuitous gratuitous and, is a good word there i agree yeah. if you want the shock if you want them to really let it set in with the way you did the second one then just show us the second one you don't have to actually show, i don't think the first one and putting them close to each other accomplishes 
enough to justify having us watch it twice. It didn't really add anything else. It really just yeah. would, like gave Adam Driver it just, like, made uh, it closer, a different perspective. But like, it didn't add anything to like we knew it was rape when we saw it the first time. So yeah. it's not like we had a question about what was happening. And so I didn't think you had to really uh, show it in a more brutal fashion. Just show us the brutal one, and then let us process that. And let's move forward with the film. I, I, it was it was a super weird decision to show it twice. Not to mention the other gratuitous rape scene that we got before Jodie Comer's character is even raped. It's just like, oh, so we're just gonna like throw all the rapes in this film. Like this, this is yeah. crazy. Like why are we doing this? Yeah, and it like in a different in, like in a different perspective. I imagine it was like Ridley Scott being like, oh, well, this is how fucked up like thirteen ninety or thirteen eighties is, and like yeah. men just got whatever they want when they wanted it, and it didn't really matter. But it just doesn't, to me, just doesn't quite come off that way because they didn't quite explain, like, they, they throw it away with the line that I said of her, well, oh, well, my lady doth protest, but it doesn't, you know, mm -hmm. it, like, mm -hmm. they just kind of throw yada yada that where, where it's like, if they would have gone on to explain a little bit more, and I guess maybe the courtroom scene, but the courtroom scene still only like three minutes long from mm -hmm. Jodie Comer's perspective if they would have gone on to explain a little bit more about like the legalities of what that meant for men back in the day, maybe it would have played a little bit better, but yeah, the second, the second scene is, I mean, and I, look, it is well acted by Jodie Comer and Adam driver and apparent all from what I've seen is that it was very, it was very rehearsed and well done on set and everything was by the book is what I've seen. So mm -hmm. I don't want to say like the filmmakers are being, you know, bad here or anything like that. They have all the, yeah, they're not being abusive to Jody Comer. No. Yeah, exactly. So that. yeah, but it was, it was as a viewer, you're like, yeah, I could see why if you knew this was in this movie, like you wouldn't want to watch it. You know what I mean? And that may be a barrier to entry to a lot of people. And that's where I take points off for the movie. Now getting into the rest of the review, I this movie does take a lot from a lot of other movies, like all movies do. But like the storytelling device isn't anything new, but it was so well acted by Matt Damon, Adam Driver, and Jodie Comer that that it was and to me Matt Damon in particular because I think his character changed at least three times in every story. Like like in the first one, he's the hero of his story as all men kind of mm -hmm. make themselves out to be in yeah. or as all people really like, but as all men sort of make themselves out to be as he's the hero and he's suave and you know people actually enjoy his company and and he's all been that. done wrong by the yeah. system and you know, <laughs> he's yeah. fighting for justice yeah and then and then the the rest of the movie sort of and it progressively kind of gets worse but like the rest of the movie makes him out to be like like when he true. comes yeah when he comes into court they're like oh my god like they're just a bumbling like, idiot. Oh my god, this dude sucks. Get him out of here. Like, <laughs> basically, that's basically what Adam like Adam Driver and Ben Affleck did to him when he walked into court. They're like, oh, this fucking guy's gonna ruin the mood. Like it's just this like what a killjoy. <laughs> like, and so I thought it was really well done. And I you know, I maybe a joke in poor taste, but like he was definitely bullied. Like he was just like <laughs> you know he, he was definitely like a kid that was bullied in school like and and i thought it was really good by by matt damon i thought it was one of his better performances he put out since maybe even his last ridley scott film uh the martian you know and he did a movie star performance in in uh ford versus ferrari but you know that was just him being matt damon 
Like the, he actually had to play so a character. Good. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, that shit is so good. I love that movie so much. Anyway, I love the point you made. I love the point you made about the fact that this is like you could you can kind of show widen the lens, I guess, of acceptable things to put on a movie screen by telling people that this is a movie about the 12th century or whenever the fuck we are in. Like it creates a bit of distance to the viewer. The other viewers watching it are in 2022, so it creates a lot of distance because this is ancient times. And I it's there's stuff in there that there's like we as an audience are sensitive to certain things. So there's the scene where they are going to go fight the first battle and they're supposed to hold the bridge. They're not supposed to cross a little mountain the little uh, river and they're going to cut the necks of all the women uh, if they don't come over there and start the fight. And they cut the necks of all the women, all the women just die. And you see that mm-hmm. scene twice as well. And that's obviously another horrific scene of like, these women are just summarily slaughtered just because they're in the middle of this, whatever this fucking war is between England and France. Uh, and that's not an easy thing to see on the screen either, but that's also not what people are going to write think pieces about either because we see people getting killed on screen all the time. Men, women, children. We see people dying on screen all the time. Yeah. So we're less sensitive to that. But seeing a brutal rape scene on scene it, on screen is something that all of us are just like a little Ooh. unfamiliar with. It does not happen very often. There are other examples. This is not the first movie to have a rape scene in it. But like to, to really show an open rape scene where you're getting all the angles and it's well lit and you're kind of seeing every moment of it play out, you just don't see that kind of stuff anymore. So we are like sensitive to it because that's not the kind of shit that they put in American movies. And it, it was very hard to watch. But, you know, they're probably, from his perspective, he's probably like, look, a whole bunch, a whole bunch of horrible shit happens in this movie to men, to women, and we're going to show you all of it. We're going to not turn our lens away from it. And I guess there's something to be said about it, but I don't, I just feel like certain choices that were made, like we said, didn't add to the viewer experience of the film by showing it twice. I don't think I got anything because I saw that scene twice versus seeing it once. I don't think I gained anything as a viewer. And there's something, like, I don't I don't know why it feels this way, but there's something that feels kind of sinister about, like, making the audience watch, like, the full rape, the like, all the way, like, from when it first starts to literally until Adam Driver is, like, rebuckling his pants or whatever. Yeah. Like, all Never the cuts. completion. Like, Never cuts. something about that just feels just extra gross. You know, because, like, once you kind of establish, like, this is a rape, he is guilty, you know, Adam Driver, you showed it in the, fir- in the first rape scene. Like, Adam Driver is a rapist. Like, he's done this multiple times. You've established that pattern. It's like, it's like okay, I got it. Like, I got it once it started. I didn't need to watch literally the entire thing. Like, literally watch him finish to, like, get that message. Like, it right. didn't hit home extra it just felt gross watching it and then she made me watch it literally a second time but longer it's also a weird because i think adam driver is the obviously the third best here probably um i mean he was fine like you you Dex, you said you really enjoyed his performance i thought he was, i thought it was good i didn't think i didn't think he was on par with comir and, and damon to me but his character choices in this film are, are crazy because he kind of goes from like you know, he goes from like kind of a decent guy in Matt Damon's eyes, just sort of a guy who he has a beef with to, in his eyes, a guy who is also the hero of his own story, but not like, Mm -hmm. not like the worst guy you've ever seen in your entire life until, until he is. It's such a kind of a, a, a really quick escalation 
for his character. And maybe it's just like, maybe it's just like, oh, look, every man is a piece of shit, which fair, like, especially back then, like, yeah, every, every man is terrible. So maybe it's just that and men will do terrible things if given the opportunity. Um, but it is a really quick escalation in both parts for in this both back halves for his character. You know what I mean? Because he's kind of just going and going and going and he doesn't do anything particularly brutal. Is there, you said there was another rape. Yeah. Not Matt Damon's character. It was, it was Adam driver's character again. When, when they're in the party, just like a party scene where they're all hanging out and the, in the, uh, uh, Affleck's characters oh, in the corner, having right. a and they're chasing the woman, and all the girls and Adam Driver are chasing the girl around. They pin her down to the bed. So like, but they even then they don't. It's like Dex said, they don't cut that when he slams her down on the bed, and you all, and we all know what's happening. They literally show him unbuckle his pants and start to like stroke, and it's like, did we really have to see that part of that to understand what was happening here? Like, we got the point that there was some. Like the woman was fighting for her life trying to get out of the situation, but it's like he shows you so much of it, and it's just it is just a yeah. lot to watch. And you get that scene before our main character is also assaulted later. I don't know what context it adds right. to the character. So maybe I the escalation I had forgotten about that part, so maybe the escalation of my whole argument goes out the window, but it felt like when I, you know, thinking about it, like it felt like a very quick escalation for him to just commit like a a, a brutal, brutal assault of a woman you know but maybe that's what they were trying to counteract they didn't want you to feel that like breakneck well how the hell did we get here so they show you him rape somebody else but you don't really but have even to then tur- that turns into an orgy with ben affleck's character so it's just it's like it doesn't linger they, on it like like the other two yeah they show you that like he's done this before obviously so it's not completely out of left field for him and they also kind of show you that he's like he is just he seems like a regular guy for the most part until he starts hanging out with Ben Affleck and Ben Affleck is like, Oh uh, yeah, we've got all this money and we can fuck all these women that we want to. We can do whatever we want. We're chilling. We're vibing. There's nothing like coming for us. You're going to be King of some other shit over here that Matt Damon was supposed to be King of. Cause nothing matters. There are no rules, like whatever. You can just have whatever you want. I just gave it to you. <laughs> yeah, I told Matt Damon it was his, but you know, fuck nah. that. I don't like him anymore. It's yours now. There's no rules. Nothing matters. You're cool. He's not. You can do what you want. And you know, so that turns into him raping that first woman that we see, and then you can kind of like see how that would turn into him ra- ra- also raping Jodie Comer, especially mm-hmm. if, especially after you know he mm-hmm. thought that they had this like super strong connection or whatever at that party. That, did they? Did uh, they have? Was that a dream or did they have sex? Comer and, and Driver. In, in Driver's perspective, when she like, after the party, when she like sneaks up to his room or whatever, is that a dream? That's a dream. Okay. He wakes up from the dream. They don't actually, they, they didn't actually do that. Okay. Yeah. They never had like a consensual, like, at least not a consensual, like sexual relationship. They might've like flirted with each other, but not they take it all the way there yeah i think the extent of it is the scene the scene we see in the little uh, marketplace where they are flirting i think that scene happens but that's the extent of their interaction basically is they flirted that one day and then she was like all right let me chill out and get back to my husband and get back to my boring life and then did that (laughs) and then he popped out a door one day 
Well, and that's really interesting though, because he has that dream. And then there, then there's several, like, I guess ministers ran the courts or whatever, but there's several like lawyers or ministers. as like, did you dream that you may have had this encounter? Like, no bitch. Like, like <laughs> get out of my face. That's what I wanted to say. This entire movie, half of that time was like, get out of my, stop. That courtroom yeah, stuff is out. also, not that I'm critiquing it like it shouldn't be in the movie. It should. But that courtroom stuff is so hard to watch, man. It is. Yeah. Oh, that is. And that scene is an incredibly hard scene to watch. Just because just by the sheer number of men there are in the room versus this woman, there are literally like scores and scores of men in this room just looking at this woman. All accusingly, none, none of them believing her, and, and none her, of the like, women actually believe her either, which is like another thing yeah, too. Really. It, was it, was nasty. it was nasty. I man. appreciated that bit of social commentary too. How it was like women just being like, uh, "She's lying," or "She wanted to fuck my man," or whatever. Like, she knew she called him handsome. Yeah, <laughs> like that was so stupid. And then Matt Damon freaked out about that. Like you're just like, yeah. so you call? So you think he's handsome, bitch? Like, get the out of my face. The way they play, the the way they kind of show you that she has bad sex, I really like how they do it. It's like when he says, like, your little death must have been a, a good for you. And like, it's like, no, bro, she did not come. She never comes. She, you've never made her come. Like, that you are giving her the most trash sex of all time. She hates yeah. every second of it. You've never had pleasurable sex with this woman from her perspective. But, like, she has to, like, keep up his ego because he's the man and what the fuck ever and maintain his ego. And I think it's so fascinating to see that, like, in a courtroom – they have to ask you, or they don't have to ask you, but they feel like they're asking you, like, do you receive pleasure from your husband? Do, because can it's you like imagine? a scientific fact in this rape case. It's crazy. See, you're a lawyer. You're not this kind of lawyer, but you're a lawyer. You imagine if you went to law school and they said, all right, <laughs> this is how you handle assault cases. First, you ask the woman. Does her boyfriend or husband make her do, 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 <laughs> Have you finished recently? <laughs> Can you imagine? No. But then, even if you do all of that and you get every answer that you need for the jury to be like, I still don't believe you. Sometimes someone, anyone might pull up to court and just be like, actually, let's go outside. Let's settle this shit once and for all. God will let us know whether or not you get that (laughs) shit. I can just file a lawsuit right now against Elon Musk. Elon will say, I don't owe that guy any money. He owe me $50 billion, but I will settle for a duel, and we'll let God decide who owes who $50 billion. A duel to the death. I'm going to beat your ass, Elon. <laughs> Elon, I'm going to beat your ass. I'm taking well, all your You got everything to lose. I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing like, to lose. Obviously, that's something... The like trial by combat is some shit we've seen in like Game of Thrones or whatever, but it's like, bro, people are living like this in real fucking life. Yeah, like, this is fucking insane. And that, yeah, and the 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 history of of that is even crazier than that they let in into the film because they kind of yada yada it as like, well, I guess if you say so, there is still a precedent that you can do it. But it's like there hadn't been one in like years, and. You know, and you would think you think all the time of these movies that oh, people are fighting to the death. Yeah, like in war, like this was a huge yeah. deal. And I do like how they it, like they kind of treat it like the Super Bowl. Like they're like, I, I had the same thought. I was like, holy shit, this is the Super Bowl of like these. The, what happened in this woman's bedroom? This is the yeah. Super Bowl. 
they give you the fucking Goodyear blimp shot of the arena. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like about to have this tool. It really is just to be like, just to be like, God will decide. Like, can you imagine if Steph Curry came out every single day and was like, God's going to decide if I make free throws and three pointers or not? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what? what josh allen just being like actually patrick mahomes god will decide in a fight to the death between us who's going to the afc championship uh, game yeah it, it really is wild and just unsettling but then it was it was really even more heartbreaking because okay she has a kid like she finally gets pregnant she has a kid and they throw that in there for extra emotional weight you know take it or leave it but Obviously, she has she stands everything to lose because like if Matt Damon dies, he dies. He's been trying to die this entire movie. But like, yeah, fuck and it. you don't and, and you hate him. By the time he gets to the yeah. duel, you hate him anyway. So like, fuck if he dies. But now his fate is tied to the fate of our main character. So we're now, like, if he doesn't win, they burn her at the stake like a witch. I I when I got to that point when they had that scene where they revealed it to her, I paused the movie and I said. I swear to fucking God, Ridley Scott, if this film ends with you burning this woman at the stake after watching me watch her be brutally raped two times, I will never watch a movie of yours again. I could not take it. I was like, no, you can't. You bro, cannot so end a movie nervous. like that. I was so nervous, bro. I was like, please don't let the last shot of this movie just be a smoldering woman like Game of Thrones style, just burnt at the stake in the film. Run credits. Like, don't do that to us. Give us don't something. Let me... Do not put just fucking Adam Driver staring off into the distance watching these women burn alive, bro. Like, I swear to God, I I would have fucking just sat there and cried and threw up in that movie theater. I would have been so I don't think they would have made it. I don't. I really don't think they would have made it. I was really scared, man. But I kept telling myself that. I was like, they probably don't make this movie if that's how it is. But I was like, it's Ridley Scott. And it's got all these super, super famous people in it. Maybe they let him make it. But I was like, please, God. I don't want to end my evening on this note. Can you imagine if this ended like Friday Night Lights, like at the one-yard line? (laughs) (laughs) Like he's about to kill Adam Driver and Adam Driver chops his head off or something. You're like, oh, no. Even if they did the Game of Thrones thing and Matt Damon was fucking Oprah Martell, like, bro, I would have fucking just, nope, nah. (laughs) I would have at least accepted the ending if it had to go there. I thought this through as I was going through this movie. I was like, please, if you just show – Matt Damon's head get cut off, and that's the last shot of the movie. Like, head gets cut off, end of movie. I'd that would have had some weight. That would have had some weight least, to it. Yes, because at least you don't show her being burned at the stake. But you know, when you walk out of the movie theater, oh, she's gone. She died right after that. She got burned at the stake right after Yeah, if you weren't, like, I, I don't think you would ever make that film. But I think if you, like, chopped his head off and then, like, ended on a close-up of Jodie Comer, like, that would have hit way crazy. That would have hit, bro. That would have fucking hit. I would have probably died in the movie theater, but that would have fucking hit. I would not have recommended this movie so heavily. If that <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because at the very uh, end, like, like I'm glad they didn't do that because, you know, it's just like sometimes you need a catharsis. And that's kind of what the end of this movie was. I needed was. one. I really needed one. <laughs> it really, you after seeing, use- yeah, after seeing the brutalization of this woman, like, the, the entire time, and then she's helpless, just to see these two do- douchebags beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> It's like, oh, and then and then he dies. Wrong douchebag dies. Awful. Like it, it awful death. And um and then but yeah, in so front there's of a little bit in front of in front <laughs> of the hose, the in part. front of everybody. Uh, in front of God and the hose and everyone else. God said, You gotta die. 
And uh, <laughs> no, and, it, and it's just, there's a little bit of a catharsis there after that happens, but then you're, you're kind of left with like the CD underbelly of it, like at the very end, which has still has a lot of emotional yeah. weight where she, you know, they're cheering, like they're cheering him on like, like Steelers fans when big Ben wins another Super Bowl. But like, and <laughs> holy shit! Wait, was it's that not wrong? Funny, but it's so funny. Damn, am I am I wrong? Ben Roethlisberger's career wrong. is the last duel. If Adam Driver won the duel, that's fucking insane. Yeah. He went on to oh, win two Super Bowls. That's the darkest <laughs> yeah. timeline. Am I wrong? Oh boy, you sorry, you are not wrong. Yeah. Um. <laughs> there goes Adam our... Driver is more like Carl Malone, so you know he won nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. oh no! Yes, yes. oh no! Incredible, um, incredible uh, content. Yeah, I may have to cut this whole part out, but the uh, <laughs> the um, the thing with with that, there's a little bit of a seedy underbelly there at the very end when they're cheering him on, like. Seriously, like he just he just won the championship or something. They're having like a parade for him, and then you just bad. have Jody Comer in the back, like, "Oh God," you know He's what I mean? Taking a victory lap, like, "Yes, yeah, see, guys, my wife did get raped." Then it's like, "Bro, uh, what? This is the you didn't win the Super Bowl." Like, I understand you're still alive, but like, all the attention goes to him as opposed to if we really think that God has just told everybody that this woman didn't get raped, we should probably go to apologize to this woman, like. This woman obviously told the truth, and we all called her a liar. And now we have been shown by God that she, in fact, told the truth. So we should apologize to this woman. But that apology, of course, was never happening. It was never going to happen. She just got to be alive. I appreciate though, like how at the end, in like the uh, the fucking Coach Carter credits at the end, they were like. <laughs> He died shortly after. And she lived another <laughs> yes. twenty years. That was the win. Him. Like she got to live without him and and run the business and run the house and, and never remarried because fuck and men. Never remarried because like... fuck men. And she got to live her best life and raise her kid. At least he gave us something, man. At least he gave yeah. us something. Something. Yeah, there's he a tweet. There's a tweet with the um the woman from uh oh what's the what's in it? But the, it's the meme, the good for her meme. Was like the, <laughs> me watching the end of the last duel. Um, yeah, yeah, so this is like part of the good for her cinematic universe with Midsummer and Last Night in Soho, her. and like, so yeah, on, so forth. Yeah. Not not enough, if you ask me. To be completely honest, not, there's not enough in the good for her cinematic universe, but everything happened in Midsummer. That boyfriend of Mitsubar deserved every second of what he got in that film. Every bit of it. When Fl- he was wild. Dude, y'all know we, we love to talk about Florence Pugh. When Florence Pugh cracked that smile at the end of Midsummer, fucking incredible content. Incredible like, content. I love my, support Florence Pugh on this podcast. One of my favorite memes to ever tweet is when Baylor is uh is getting is losing and it's just I tweet the Tweet the dude in the bear costume with the rest of the stuff on fire. <laughs> <laughs> like where he's like stunned. He can't even believe it. Like I, I tweet that a lot. Greatest but, movie of all time. Yeah. yeah Jodie Comer is right up there in the young girl power rankings. She's, she's probably top five at this point. She's really good. I'm waiting for Anya Joy Ivy to show me something in 2022 that blows my mind. Uh, I can tell Joy. Because like the Anya Taylor Joy, sorry. And I'm, but there's all these young actresses that are kind of breaking away from the young pack. Um, I'm also keeping my eye on 
the woman that plays uh, the new Hawkeye, uh, whatever her face is. I'll keep my eye on her too. Haley Steinfeld. Yes, I'm keeping my eye on her. Not only does she look great, but also she might be one of the young goats. I'm just keeping my eye on her right now. Um, right now, yeah, the go top five's got to be Florence Pugh, Sorcha Roman, Zendaya, Haley Steinfeld, Jodie Comer. If I had to pick a top five right now, I love that top five because Zendaya is a queen. We got to respect her. Uh, Thomas and McKenzie, like first one out. She's there. Yeah, you know, you got we got we got a lot of young talent. We're in good hands in the future. It's like you know AFC quarterback. You know, we got Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes <laughs> and Joe Burrow. <laughs> you know, and redacted. No, I'm kidding. Lamar Jackson. You know what I'm saying? We got some heat. Like, um, yeah, that's 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 a lot. And you know, we don't want it. We look. We don't want to offend anybody on this movie. If you are uh, talking about this movie, obviously triggering subject for a lot of people. It is worth watching. The dual part of the last duel, like Ridley Scott, still got it. Like I can't, like I can't say that enough. Like this filming that, like, of course the of course the last duel is going to be incredible. This guy literally made Gladiator. I almost wish it was longer. I really wish it was longer. It's so it's good. So long. It's so long. It's, it's so like good. Nine different. It's like damn. What quarter are we in? Like how is this stuff? How's this game? Still- <laughs> <laughs> they are hitting each other with lances and like. Oh this man. Guy, oh shit. That guy is like his. Leg is cooked. Oh shit! Now his back is fucked up. Oh damn! It's over. <laughs> this shit, that shit was so dope, bro. I'm sorry. Matt Damon with the buzzer beater three because he got he got one in his eye, like with yeah. like 15 seconds left. I thought he was cooked, that bro. Shit. I thought it was over for my man. I thought he was cooked. I I was rooting for him so hard, and then it was over, and I was like, "Thank God, you're still a piece of shit." But I'm so glad you won. <laughs> what the fuck? Another all-time bad hair movie for my guy. That's true. Yeah, they. Uh, that was whack. That was some bad hair. He has like a so, mullet. So so bad. Oh man, and I love how they're like, "Oh, we're gonna try to make you less attractive by putting a scar on your face," but you're like, "It's still Matt Damon." Still you know Matt what I mean? Damon. <laughs> um, and then the the biggest the biggest flaw that I have with this movie is that uh, Matt Damon had to fight. A six foot three marine, like <laughs> yeah, sure, <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, I don't know if y'all have ever seen. He has his shirt off in this movie. Adam Driver is in crazy shape, <laughs> like the kind of shape yeah. that makes you offended. You're like, dude, like, ugh. Adam Driver is that he guy, bro. It is like he wasn't scared. There's no debate. He had no fear in his point. heart that going into that game. And trying to win that big game, it was under very nasty circumstances, but he did not bang. It felt like watching through the movie, it was like, okay, uh, Matt, you know, Damon's character is a better fighter and warrior just based on their time at war, and Adam Driver's character is more of a playboy romantic, wants to read Latin all day, but you know, he he stepped up to the plate and he got cooked. But really, Scott made it look like you know, it wasn't a blowout by any means, it was a very close game, and it was a great, you know, championship game. and then they rode off with Ben Affleck on their on their. Or they rode off with Matt Damon on their necks, and it was very nasty that he got all the praise. But I was happy with the outcome. Like I didn't want, I, I didn't want Adam Driver to be on people's necks. That'd have been very bad. He went out so else. sad. They dragged his dead carcass through the mud and hung him <laughs> up in the town square. That was brutal. I was like, good lord. That was brutal. Um, I mean, he earned it though. Like, you yeah. know, God yeah. just told he us you're a rapist, bro. Like I don't. God like, said. We can't, 
God literally yeah. told us that just now. We all found out just now. We all saw it together. <laughs> <laughs> Pay good money for these seats. <laughs> at, at the very end, the king and queen are like, oh, God really didn't lie. That's crazy. Uh, God, do not fuck with you, bro. Like, sorry. <laughs> God told us, you ops, bro. You got <laughs> you the ops. <laughs> Rest in hell. Like, it's just like, it, it really is. Yeah, it was, it was, it's not funny, but it is funny the way that they used to handle stuff. Dex, he said the ball don't lie is like an incredible like ball don't lie. This woman's husband had to come through and say ball don't lie. Like if he if your husband is trash and he can't fight, like the ball just lying. And there's nothing the you can do about it. Lying out there. There's nothing you can do about it. And now y'all both dead because you had the nerve to tell everybody that like now y'all both dead because your husband got crossed over in game seven, but the ball actually was lying because that what you said happened actually did happen. It's very sad. Can you uh, that, can you imagine like your wife or like if I told Caitlin I was gonna duel to the death she'd be like no 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 you're not. It's like wait but if you die I also die at the end. Like, oh, you're not doing that. No. No. There was a little uh, just some other things. There's a little clunky commentary um, with uh, the mother-in-law too that was like a whole sidebar. Where she was like, I was raped, and I didn't. And it's like, yeah, like, but it's like, okay, we could have cut that out, maybe. When she was the, when the mother in law was kind of like, don't say you're ruining this for all of us. Like, it's like, I get the commentary, but it's also like, okay. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't bothered by it. I felt like it fit, you know, kind of with, you know, it's just kind of talking about rape culture as a whole and how you know women. You know, because they've been pushed down by rape culture for so long that they like start to perpetuate it, that kind of thing. Uh, like, you know, so I can respect that. You're right. It didn't add like a ton to the movie, but I did appreciate them kind of like adding that bit of nuance into it. Because like I said earlier, they have the Jodie Comer's friend. I, I don't remember who the actress is or what the character's name was, but who was like into Adam Driver or whatever. And then was upset with Jody Comer for being raped by Adam Driver, like that kind of thing, you know. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I kind of appreciated them, uh, you know, kind of trying at least to round out their commentary on rape culture. Uh, like you said earlier, like the critics were saying, oh, it could have been done better, but I, I really don't know what else they could have done other than cut the rape scenes in half. But beyond that, I thought they did a good job on the commentary. Sorry, I'm chewing ice. This is terrible. Um, oh my god! <laughs> I gave this. Uh, uh, I never gave it a grade. I gave it an A minus. So uh, go check it out. HBO Max uh, should have been on streaming way sooner. I think. I think, I think just drop this purely on streaming. I think this would have like been a huge hit. And we, but all, we know y'all haven't seen it because nobody has seen it. So go watch it. But we know y'all yeah. haven't seen this film. I mean, maybe like movies like this kind of have come out on Netflix too. Like, I think a Timothy Chalamet released one called The King, and then there was a Chris Pine one where he was in Scotland and stuff. Like, I, I, they, they've kind of come out. Um, but maybe one with Adam Driver, Matt Damon, Jodie Comer, Ben Affleck, like, called like, a little bit more weight. If Netflix or HBO, even HBO, they just saw this shit when he came out like a couple days ago or whatever. You put, hey, 
Matt Damon, Adam Driver, Duel to the Death for Jodie Comer. Ben Affleck's also here. People are going to click on that, you know? like So have they just done that from the jump without all the like negative press coming out about it being a flop or like not making any money or whatever? I think this shit would have, like... I think the next evolution and... Yeah, the next evolution of movie directors, you know how movie directors get points on the box office, like, or actors do too, but I think movie directors are going to put in their contract stipulations like, all right, if this starts to flop, we're taking it to streaming immediately. Like, they're going to start putting that in, like, <laughs> like as a stipulation. Right now. Yeah, like, pull it out. We're in a, you know, we're putting this somewhere else. So, um, yeah. Go check it out. Uh, if you would maybe have a hard time, a difficult time watching this, uh, I understand that. Um, and again, a lot of stuff said on the, we tried our best to do the commentary. Hard for three straight males to do that. Uh, we tried our best. So we hope you enjoy the review. And also a lot of jokes. A lot of jokes here. Nothing yeah. malintent. Uh, yeah, we know it's not funny, but like it's, it's you got to make is. it a little... Shout out to try and make it a little funny for us to talk about it because, uh, mm-hmm. oh boy, we are underqualified. Yeah. Exactly. So that has been uh, the review of The Last Duel. We are going to do movies that shouldn't have tanked. Oh, I love this draft. Movies that shouldn't have tanked draft right after this ad break from Apollo Houston. All right. Give us a draft order, Royden. Uh, let's go Tiege Dex Royden. Oh, man, it's a waste of a number one pick because I know y'all aren't going to pick my movie anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Okay, we're starting now? Yeah. All right, for my first pick, I'm picking the uh, Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino uh, combined film called Grindhouse. I love it. Uh, Planet Terror, and I forgot what the Tarantino one is called. Uh, the one about the driver, the stunt driver, I forgot what it's called. But anyway, no, it's uh, Grindhouse and Death Proof, Death Proof, Planet Terror, okay. and Death Proof. That's what it's called. Um, uh, Kurt Russell, first of all, which who doesn't love Kurt Russell? Um, and this is Rosario Dawson. Uh, Death Proof is one of the most fun little short films that you'll ever see. Tarantino is just amazing. It is just an insane ride at the end of it. It is a favorite of mine. I saw it in movie theaters. I fucking loved it. That shit bangs. You had a pretty good zombie horror for half the movie, and then you had like a pretty good like 45-minute Tarantino film that was pretty good, and nobody really went to go see this film. And I loved it, and it should have banged, but it did not bang. It, it did not. It sank pretty quickly at the box office. It's kind so of the I, case with Robert Rodriguez movies outside of uh, El Mariachi, because like, yeah, he made like a million dollars on that first film on like a seven thousand dollar budget, but like, um, I mean, Spy Kids made money, I guess. Spy Kids. Um, yeah, Spy Kids made money, <laughs> but all the other stuff like that, those sort of movies, like those Grindhouse movies, didn't do anything. And I don't think people really knew what they were. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so, yeah, that's, that's a decent pick. Uh, Dex? All right. So I'm going to take one, probably a waste of a number two pick because I know neither one of y'all have seen this movie. I'm going to take Nightmare Alley, which also came out last year. 
literally last month actually. But it's got Bradley Cooper in it. It's got uh, Kate Blanchett in it. A bunch of people that you've heard of: Ron Perlman, um, Kate Mara. What a year it's for a really Kate Blanchett! Dope movie. <laughs> yeah, dude, she put up numbers, except not at the box office. But uh, <laughs> it was directed. This was Guillermo del Toro's first film since Shape of Water. Yeah. And Disney just literally like this was a Fox movie, so it's also a Disney movie. They just threw it out there to die against Spider-Man No Way Home with like no marketing <laughs> whatsoever. Incredible so, misstep by the Disney Corporation. Like just put it out literally the weekend before. Like why would you not? So literally it came out the same night as Spider-Man No Way Home. I went and saw Spider-Man No Way Home on Thursday, then Nightmare Alley on Friday, and then Spider-Man No Way Home on Saturday. Again, because I support real cinema. But, (laughs) so Spider-Man No Way Home is like the most popular pandemic movie. Would have been probably the most popular movie ever had it not been a pandemic. But Nightmare Alley finished like fifth opening weekend behind like Ghostbusters Hotel Transylvania or something. uh, It was Ghostbusters, Encanto, House of Gucci, and West Side Story. Like it was just West Side Story. Story? Yeah, what? (laughs) Even West Side Story, and this was like three weeks after West Side Story came out. So on Wikipedia, which I'm looking at right now, sixty million dollar budget for Nightmare Alley made nine point seven million at the box office. Mm. But it's actually really good. It's a little long, but Bradley Cooper gives a great performance in it. And it's like a it's kind of like a cross between like the prestige and like you know, like more noir kind of films. It's really good. Uh, Bradley Cooper plays a perfect douchebag in it. And then the ending of that movie hits so fucking hard. The final scene is so fucking good. Probably my favorite ending of any movie that I saw last year. I highly recommend it whenever it eventually streams, probably on Hulu or something, because it's owned by Disney. But Nightmare Alley, go check it out. Really, really good. Uh, yeah, I still haven't spoiled it for myself because I do really want to watch it. Like Bradley Cooper, yeah, Bradley Cooper is one of those ones. It didn't like I since since kind of the pandemic began to spike again and everything. Like I've been really limiting myself to like that's why we had to do this movie. Kind of been limiting myself to like one movie, maybe. Uh, a couple every couple of weeks or like everything like that and that was just one like i was like i'm gonna see spider-man and that's probably it (laughs) and so yeah just like everybody else we missed that movie but bradley cooper still is that guy to me but um let's see uh my first pick um the iron giant it didn't make it it barely made 20 million dollars in the u.s like a 70 million dollar budget Yikes. Now it's like widely considered one of the greatest animated movies of all time. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I haven't watched it in a long time. Obviously, it, it one of the yeah one of the better animated films in a long, ever. But yeah, it uh, it's hanked big time. And I didn't know that, but now I do. <laughs> Just looking at this list. <laughs> but um, my next pick is a movie that is near and dear to my heart. That in any other year or any other way they released it or anything i don't know what happened in this movie if you haven't seen it Tej, you've got to see it i'm surprised if you have it warrior with tom hardy 
in oh uh, yes I've seen Joel, that. Joel Egerton. It's he so made good. like a million dollars. Like it's like it really and was nominated for like a couple Oscars and stuff like that. No one saw this movie. Mm-hmm. It's it's impossible because it's some of the best fighting I've ever seen. They're beating the hell out of each other in that movie. Like just go watch some YouTube clips. You'll want to watch the entire movie. It's like a quick hour and 45 minutes long. Like Tom Hardy is on the most steroids you've ever seen in your entire life. <laughs> it really, it's it's really 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 good um so yeah that is my second pick you know it really did not make any money all right i'm back up uh i'm gonna take a movie that royden hates because he's wrong and bad i'm gonna go with cloud atlas <laughs> uh-huh. i've taken this movie for like fucking boo I've- I've taken this movie for like 25% of drafts that we've ever done on this podcast because it is good. Right it's your wrong. end time. Because it is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, the budget was like basically 150 million. I think it made like 130 or somewhere around there. But I love this movie. Fuck it. I don't care. Like parts of it are problematic. Yeah. Why they got, you know, white dudes <laughs> playing Asian people. Who knows? But. The movie is so fucking good. I watched it in college for the first time, and one of my friends showed it to me. He's like really, really fucking weird, and like one of those kids who like he shows you some shit, and you're like, all right, this is definitely gonna be just fucking insane. You might have fucking you know bodily organs just stashed in your fridge in this dorm room, but your movie showed us the movie. Yeah, he showed us the movie, and he was like. Uh, you're gonna have to watch it a second time to like really enjoy it. And I was like, that sounds like some bullshit. Watched it, and I was like, that was kind of cool. I would watch that a second time. Watched it a second time, and I was like, yo, this fucking this is fucking incredible. I love this shit. And then I've been showing it to people ever since. So shout out to Sam. Uh, but yeah, Cloud Atlas is my second pick. One of the worst times I've ever had in a movie theater. Ah, uh, you're killing me. I mean, watch legitimately, one of the no. <laughs> why would I do why would I do that? I'm good. Um No, that uh, yeah, I, I'm not gonna argue with you or what like people like what they like, but man, I did not like that movie. Oh, I don't know. I've had this argument eighty seven times. Yeah, like whatever. <laughs> like Ninety-eight episodes into this podcast. <laughs> uh it's two picks. Uh, all right, my first pick, I'm going with the 2010 Scott Pilgrim versus the World because this movie fucking bangs, but did not do well at the box office. It's like a cult, now it's like a cult classic, and everybody loved it. Uh, it was n- literally a near-perfect film. Um, it's just amazing. Every time I go back and watch it, I'm just like floored by how good it is and how how much it understands uh, the messages it's trying to convey, and it's just the coolest fucking movie. Uh, shout out to Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Uh, and then next, I'm picking a movie that I, I obviously didn't do well, but is also still a classic. Pop star, never stop, God never stopping. Uh, that movie <laughs> oh, also made man. no money, and it is funny every time I watch it. Every time I watch this movie, it is so funny. Good. It doesn't matter what kind of mood I'm in. If I put that shit on, I'm going to get a few laughs off. It is just so well done. The scene with Seal is just perfection. I just this movie. They ain't Seal. <laughs> never, pop star never stopped never stopping incredible content uh didn't make very much money but shout out to lonely island because they went crazy in that film and it didn't make nearly as much money as it should 
I think people just were tired of, um, I think people were just tired of like Andy Samberg. <laughs> no, not even Andy Samberg. I think it may have just quickly run its court, like the whole Lonely Island thing, but like they were still making hit songs and stuff that people would play over and over. The movie came out in 2009. Um, what's the word I'm looking I think people were tired of parody movies at the time. And, but that uh, was like a parody of all of those Justin Bieber, Katy Perry. 3d things and it couldn't have been better it really was like one of those it, it, it just just a whole send up of pop culture if you haven't seen it because like it's not a lot of people did i think a lot of people have gone back and watched it but like it really will make you want them to make more films i, I cannot believe that they didn't yeah i still haven't seen it i also haven't seen scott pilgrim versus the world which it feels insane that, to me that that seems that like that's right flopped. up. It seems, seems insane like, to me that that movie yeah. flopped because it feels like every single person I know has seen Scott Pilgrim right? versus the World and is like, "You have to watch this movie. How could you not have watched mm-hmm. it?" And it's like, "Oh, well, apparently it flopped at the box office. I'm not the only person who hasn't seen this shit. Like, maybe I'm the that only seemed, person who hasn't seen it now." But that seems like a movie that you would have watched in college to try and like have sex with the converse high tops girl like you would have definitely like <laughs> you would have definitely, definitely done my that. bag yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely I, my I, bag yeah i mean i can't say that you're wrong it just never happened uh you know maybe i just wasn't moving right maybe i was living wrong but uh, yeah yeah <laughs> that, it, that is funny because i i too have always seen bits and pieces of it but everyone i know yeah, well, it's so you good. haven't seen Scott Pilgrim. How have you seen Scott Pilgrim? Da, 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 da. It's so good. Uh, it's like in yeah. like uh what is it called? Uh the Jim Carrey Spotless Mind movie. Eternal Sunshine oh, for Eternal Spotless Sunshine. Mind. Yeah, where everybody's like, you haven't seen Eternal Sunshine? Spotless? It, it's in that category. Sure for me. have it. Uh, of like <laughs> of like girls. <laughs> Of like when I was in high school, of like girls who liked film. Like, I can't believe you haven't seen this movie. Oh uh, yeah, I, I'll check it out for Do sure. Not plan on it. I'll check it out. Yeah, definitely. I Will you like me if I check it out? Doing um, let's All see. Right. My next I'm pick. Up. Oh, you're up. Sorry, I'm up. Sorry. Yeah. Ah, so I'm gonna take another animated movie. Uh, came out. I don't remember how long it's been since it came out, but somewhere in the 2010s. I'm gonna take Kubo and the Two Strings. Oh, that, that film, movie! Oh, that film tanked. Yeah, yeah, but it's actually really, really good, and it's not very long either. So I definitely recommend watching it if you haven't seen it yet. I'm not sure. I know it's streaming somewhere, but I don't know where because you know these things move all the fucking time now. But uh, it's about like this this chick. I think she's voiced by Charlize Theron. And uh, like she has a magical guitar, and just all sorts of magical hijinks guitar. in it. Matthew McConaughey is in it. Yeah, it's good. It's the animation is beautiful. It's like that old school, like stop not motion. exactly old school, but like stop motion. Like it feels like very like inspired by Asian animation kind of thing. It looks beautiful. Made hardly no money in theaters, but I watched it on a streaming service. And it, that shit was fired. So I recommend it. The music is good. Story is good. Animation is beautiful. 
Check it out. Um, I got one pick that I feel like somebody else may pick, uh, and then one that I know none of you will pick. Uh, My next pick is Children of Men. Uh, Children of Men is one of the best movies I think I've ever seen in my entire life, and I know some people disagree with me, but I I absolutely I watched that film the other day, just a light watch on like a Tuesday night. Children of Men. Just, chilling with the wife just yeah <laughs> just just a real light watch the the death of humanity um it i i think i what, what are the numbers here it had it was like 76 million dollars to make and i think it only made like 70 million dollars uh it was nominated for a couple of oscars somehow clive owen wasn't a bigger star but like mm-hmm. he's in this and like inside man in the same year and somehow like yeah, this just doesn't make any money, but I think it it really withstands the test of time. That movie's incredible. Uh, if you haven't ever seen it, I think it's on Amazon. But uh, so there's that, and then my next pick is one of is probably my favorite comedy of all time. It's super dumb and actually probably bad, but Hot Rod with Andy Samberg is <laughs> made no money. That movie, like every, it's another one of those movies that like everyone has seen the movie, but no one saw the movie. Like. Yep. Mm-hmm. it's crazy even i've seen that one <laughs> yeah i think it only made like 13 million dollars and it couldn't have made it couldn't have cost more than like a million dollars for them to make the movie it's really trash but like but like it is so good i still quote that movie to this day and it it is genuinely one of the funniest movies i I've, I've ever seen uh because it's so stupid but yeah i think it really only made like uh, 15 15 million dollars probably in the in the theaters and it's a movie that back then should have definitely made at least like close to 50 we definitely went through a umbrot and i like to party phase in my friend <laughs> in college like where we would just say that shit just all the time for no fucking reason and that was like the height of comedy to us so yeah, yeah quoting that movie that this is my hat this is yeah. totally my hat <laughs> <laughs> Danny McBride right. is a nutcase in that movie, by the way. If you haven't, like, for those of you watching Righteous Gemstones right now, Danny McBride is incredible in Hot Rod. Danny McBride is incredible in everything. Long live Danny, Danny McBride. McBride, like, quietly, like, one of the funniest people working today. <laughs> yeah. We don't really man. talk about it in that in those terms, but, like, that dude. He, he never misses. He doesn't miss. The line in Righteous Gemstones, Teej, you've seen the second season where he's, like, it, where is our son that jerks off and everything? <laughs> oh God, man, he is perfect. He he can make literally any situation be funny. Like any, you can give him any type of white person, and like he can just make that shit hilarious. <laughs> it never fails. Uh, what's the movie? What's the movie with him? Uh, was it Fist of Fury? What's the movie with him? As uh, the kung fu instructor, like that kind of got him started. Yeah, that's Fist of Fury. Fist of Fury. There is a scene in Fist of Fury. No, that Fist of Fury is a Bruce Lee movie. Oh, it's like oh, it's like a fuck. I don't remember the name. It's a play. Somebody is Fist Way. The Foot Fist Way. Yes. Okay. Is the Foot Fist Way? There's a scene in the Foot Fist Way if you've never seen where he's trying to train that anybody can fight anybody. And he puts like this five foot two woman up against this like six foot five man. And it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my entire life. You don't know what I'm talking about. Go, go look it up. 
Um, but yeah, so Dex, your last pick. Oh, I'm going to take uh, cult classic. It's become, it's a bad movie. So I don't know why it's become a cult classic or why I like it so much, but I'm going to go with speed racer. <laughs> oh, speed uh, racer reboot yikes. from like 2005. Does the movie suck? Absolutely. But I saw it in fifth grade and it was colorful as fuck. And I hadn't really like actually watched the, the speed racer TV show with like any level of understanding. I was just like, just a child, just what, watching cars go fast on TV, and a lot of colors fly by. And so when I saw that in a movie theater, I was hooked immediately. And ever since then, I have been a supporter of this movie. It made no money. It is bad. It should not have made any money. They shouldn't have made a sequel, and I'm glad they didn't. But I got to give some love to the Speed Racer movie. Like, Another I, if Wachowski. they want to reboot that series, Dud. I'm all for it. But... I mean, yeah, the Wachowskis, they'd be missing, but Speed Racer. <laughs> they'd be missing. <laughs> oh, God. All right, Deed. I'm going with a movie that neither one of you have probably ever seen called Heathers. It was released in the 80s. I have seen that movie. Heathers. Well, I know, I know about Heathers, yeah. Heathers is a fucking banger. Christian Slater and Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder's great, and also it feels like if you take Winona Ryder, like the feel of Heathers is also the feel of Stranger Things. Not in the tone of the like what happens in the movie, but like the tone of the setting. Like it just feels exactly the same to me. I just love Heather's, and also I didn't realize that the person who directed Heather's, that person's brother, uh, directed or had some had some hand in Mean Girls, which is an absolute classic. That makes sense. And you can see it. You can kind of feel the kind of the high school cattiness. Like you can kind of feel the the similarities in those two movies. Uh, both bangers, and also make a great double feature if you want to watch two high school movies at night. Uh, you know, smoke some weed or drink some wine. Watch Heather's and Mean Girls back to back. They're a great double feature. Man, Winona Ryder had one million dollar box mm. office, and Christian Slater. I'm surprised that movie didn't do it because Winona Ryder had a moment. Winona Ryder's really yeah. good, man. She's had she's had a lot of moments, but you know, she also got into a lot of trouble and we start to remember her more for the trouble than we did her banger performances, but she's given us a lot of gems. That is a great respect. I'm a writer. Yeah. She was getting nominated for, did she win an Oscar? Oh, oh, wait, it feels like she did, but I don't remember. Didn't she, wasn't she, she won it for some weird movie. Girl defined. Was it girl uninterrupted or something like that? Girl interrupted. Girl defined girl interrupted. She won. She's nominated for two Oscars. One for the Age of Innocence and one for Little Women. Back to back years. Look at her. Yeah, yeah. She was Florence Pugh before Florence Pugh. <laughs> but I think uh, Heather's was the movie that I watched trying to have sex with High Top Converse Girl and Scott <laughs> Pilgrim. So, <laughs> hey, that so works. Both of the movies will get the, both of the movies will get the job done. You did a good job either way. <laughs> you didn't lose either way. Will you yeah. like me now, please? Please, I'll watch this weird movie from the 80s with you. Yeah, High School Suicide. Funny. <laughs> Look, I say this only from a place of, like, understanding. Because I, too, have been down bad. Like, I, like, I get it. I, too, have watched Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind being like, yeah, absolutely. Y'all don't want to be out here. 
like that tweet thread said, y'all don't have the cholesterol to be out here. Y'all don't have the movie taste to be out here. <laughs> Do you want to watch Heathers? Do you want to watch Teen Witch? Have you seen Teen Witch? You don't want to watch Teen Witch. Shit is garbage. All right, you don't you don't want to be out here. Uh, man, at least it's like semi entertaining movies most of the time. But if like, imagine if a girl was like, like I love this movie, but imagine if a girl teach was like, you want to watch the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford? Like, oh it's god, it's a good movie. Oh my god, like what do you? This is what you want to watch when I come over here? This is what you picked to watch when I came over? Like, you can't watch that tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> They put on the last duel. You'd be like, uh, oh, oh no, that's that. that if you want to know a movie that doesn't have the mood, the last duel. Don't ever put this on when the no. mood yeah, setting. Like, the last... No, no. I'm really in the friend zone. Like if you put on the last duel, <laughs> big facts, big facts. That means we are never moving anywhere. We're not progressing. You have never seen me as a viable option sexually. If we're watching the last duel. <laughs> First of all, you don't even have to. You don't don't try anything if the last duel comes on. No, no. no. I would immediately no. be like, "All right, goodbye." Sit on uh, the couch. You sit on yeah. your side. I sit on my side. We can watch the last duel together. I guess. Ain't no yawning and stretching. Ain't no like. No. Ain't no, no blanket sharing. We no. That's the opposite <laughs> of Netflix and chill. That's reflection <laughs> and think peace. <laughs> Journal. <laughs> um silently reflect <laughs> yeah uh one of my one of my ones uh uh honorable mention uh first man it it made its money back i think but it should have made way 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 more money than it did and it didn't make money for a stupid reason so uh yeah what was the reason first man came out and um well, first of all, it's kind of long and plotting, and and but I love the look of it. I thought it was a brilliantly made film. Anyway, it much better than Ad Astra. Oh yeah, and Ad yeah. Astra didn't make any money either. Um, but good, that movie fucking sucks. First Man <laughs> is decent. Yeah, I liked First Man. Um, just genuinely thought it was a well put together film, and it didn't make money because a controversy, like most things, it was a it was a Trump thing where yep. they said the American flag's not even in the movie. And it was like, what? And Damien Chazelle <laughs> had to, Damien Chazelle came out and was like, no, that's wrong. But it took off white, white wildfire. And then of course the goalpost moved and it was, well, it doesn't show them planting the American flag in the moon. And it's like, but the American flag is in the, it's like prominently in the movie. And it just became a Hollywood hates America and Trump got involved on it. And it's like, basically like it didn't, I don't know if he said it, but he's basically like that film is a piece of shit. He hadn't even heard of it. And uh, yeah. And so, and so where it should have made its money with middle America, it did not um, because of that stupid ass controversy. So I hate, I shit hate happened that in the Trump era that I've like completely memory of all that. <laughs> like, yeah, I, that's like that's like tame compared to everything. But that was so stupid. Yeah, I hate it, yeah. I remember I being excited to go see that movie, and I went and saw it like opening weekend. I feel like because I was just going to the movies all the fucking time, and I still do. But yeah, I just completely forgotten about any of that controversy. I had forgotten that Ad Astra existed until y'all mentioned it on this podcast, and that was that was what three years ago, maybe four years ago, something like that. Yeah, that film is absolutely stinks. 
Brad Asher. Garbage. Thank you. Brad, I Brad Asher. I all that movie from my brain. It literally stopped existing in my brain. Too. I'll say it again. I was like, oh, shit. That's that space movie with Brad Pitt. I can't memory hole it because I was so mad sitting there in the theater. I was like, this is the most boring shit. How do they make Brad Pitt in space boring? They garbage. That's when I first like found out my distaste for the words like meditative used to describe <laughs> movies. Like, that was the point where I was like, oh, so that's what you say when some shit is boring and stupid. It's meditative. Get the fuck out of here. There's a podcast I listen to called The Weekly Planet that calls that movie Dad Astra. <laughs> um, yeah, that... My dad uh, left me. He went to space. I, you know, I don't know. I I didn't... It looked good, but yeah. other than that... I Take it or leave it. I, I, enjoy, I kind of enjoyed my time with it because it looked so good, but other than that, like, yeah, it is boring. Um, oh, another one that I actually did kind of tank that we didn't really talk about just because of the controversies like surrounding it and like not paying the the actors their due. Uh, Black Widow did kind of flop um, technically like it made its money back, but it costs like $220 million to make, I think. And it uh, made 368.6 million. No, I'm not giving them. That's not a bust. I mean, it didn't make 900 million, but I mean, they I made almost double, almost double their money. Fuck you, Disney. Stop being so greedy. But you got to take it in stride because in like those movies would ne- normally make like $800 million. Mm-hmm. Eternals made four. So they know. gave us, they gave us Yelena. They're like, they, we will always be goaded because it gave yeah. us Yelena. And now Yelena is MCU canon and she's not going anywhere. She's going to be around forever. I want to count Eternals time. as a flop too because that movie should have made more money or would have made more money like just based on premise alone should have made more money based on premise alone. Uh, but it was boring and bad. So Eternals like, is tough. It, if it did not exist, my experience with MCU would not be any, any less. Like there was huff. It was a waste of my energy. I watched it twice. There was twice too many. Sorry. Eternals. Yeah, they, they found like the limits of the MCU, like attention span. Yeah, they can do whatever they, they literally want. Found it. <laughs> but they found Eternals is too a step too far. Like, <laughs> even as somebody who likes Eternals, it's a, a step too far. Eternals was was Kevin Feige's canary in the coal mine. <laughs> they were just like, gotta, gotta try it, man. You gotta try it out. And let's I, see how much we can push it. Oh, not that far. No, All right. Yeah. Reel it back. Yeah. Reel it back in. Yikes. <laughs> Uh, any any others that that y'all have? I mean, Fight Club is kind of a historic tank, but y'all don't like that movie. Fuck so that movie. Um, <laughs> All right, so there's one that kept coming up on list that I know people will be upset at us if we don't talk about, but I haven't seen it. I'm sorry. I will watch it eventually. Do not tweet me. I'm going to watch this movie. Tweet Annihilation. Tweet Do not tweet me. Annihilation. No, I will watch it. It's fine. I promise. No, it's, it's good. good. It's yeah. good, but it's not going to change your life. But it's good. Okay. And also, Tessa Thompson is the queen. Know. Shout out to Tessa Thompson. Um, that movie did ends Arrival unresolved. Also did Arrival make money? Arrival made money. Arrival made plenty of money. Yeah, we're good. Arrival is uh, a banger. That's the other one that which, people get mad which at me is, for not having seen. You need to watch Arrival. It is a banger. It is. I really would say banger. watch Arrival before Annihilation because a lot oh, of people I, I like, take take Annihilation or take it or leave it. And Annihilation is like particularly like unflinchingly brutal, almost to a point where it's like, why? It's kind of like 
disturbing at points. I enjoyed myself, but it is very disturbing. Um, but Annihilation is legit, or uh, Arrival is legitimately a good movie. Another one on this list, like I go back and forth on where I stand with this movie. But uh, speaking of Denny Villeneuve, who just makes historic flops at the box office, apparently, um, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Ooh, yuck! They thought that movie yeah, was going <laughs> laces, and it I very don't much know did why. not. Is Blade Runner twenty forty nine better than Dune? Uh, some people would say yeah. I don't know. Like I had, I don't know how you measure this. I had more fun watching Dune. I only watched Blade Runner 2049 once. It is quote unquote (laughs) meditative. Like they marketed it as, (laughs) they marketed it as like this um, action film. And I should have known better because the first Blade Runner isn't an action film. (laughs) Like, wait, what is, yeah, like, uh, Blade Runner is another one that you can put on this list. Like I get, like I don't necessarily think it's like people hold that movie in higher regard than they should. But the original Blade Absolutely, Runner with do. Ridley Scott, yeah, the original Blade Runner with Ridley Scott made no money, none. Like one of the biggest historical, like nobody really talks about it. But yikes, they they should compare that with Waterworld. Blade Runner twenty forty nine on a hundred and fifty million dollar budget. So like maybe adjust that for more money spent on marketing, which they really did. Only made. $259 million. They were counting on that movie to break box office records. They were like, mm-hmm. they're like, we need, like, we got Ryan Gosling. We got Harrison Ford on a day Armas. Like we are making money. Nope. Nice. Cause it is three hours yeah, long. I haven't, and seen, I haven't seen 2049. My only like connection to the original Blade Runner is that we watched it in my high school English class. Like we came to class three separate days and watched Blade Runner like in forty five minutes. Oh, long! <laughs> so like, it was cool, but like I had to write a paper about it. Like at the end of it, so I'm, I'm Blade Runner. Like as a entity, has always seemed like homework to me. So I've never gotten around to watching the sequel. Oh my god! It like it is because I had to watch it for film class too because. Obviously, it was groundbreaking for what Ridley Scott did with it when it event when it originally came out. But it's like groundbreaking in the same way that like Avatar is groundbreaking in that I don't uh, care. Yeah, Avatar, the all rightest movie of all time. <laughs> That's how I feel about Blade Runner. I want the fans of podcast to know that I am not watching Avatar two. I'm not watching it. I am you will if we have to. We should. Guys, we don't make us watch that. Right now, we need to start the movement right now. That as I agree. society, we have outgrown the need for Avatar sequels. I We're agree. Past that, I think we have done enough as a society to be able to say that we don't need to have. We do not need Avatar, Avatar two, two, three, and or four. Three. No, we don't. Or four. We don't need that. So I think we need to take a stand as an American people. And, you know, we can spread this worldwide. Apparently, it'll be a big global success or whatever. I guess people in other countries like the blue people or whatever. But we got to start right here at home. Shut this off at the root and say, hey, no, Avatar, you stop. You're done. It's over. I'm not giving them any more of my money. Thanks, Cameron. You're not getting any more of my money for that film. I'm sorry. The best Avatar sequel is the ride at, at Disney World. Yeah, that that's is my enough. Final um, yeah, so that's that's it. I kind of end on a whimper, but yeah, we're uh, 
That has been a One Take Podcast. You can find us at One Take Podcast, One Take Pod on Twitter, One Take Pod on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Please go like and subscribe, download on iTunes, rate us five stars, follow us on Spotify because of that is where a lot of you listen to us. Give us a five-star review. It really does help a lot. Uh, thank you so much for interacting with us on Twitter, downloading our episodes. we got a, a lot of good responses and, and downloads from our past three episodes. Uh, at least three episodes within like the course of a like a week and a half. So uh, good little back catalog for y'all there. Uh, next week we will not have unless Tej and Dex like want to do it on their own and talk about something that stream know. marathon next yeah. week. Me and Dex seven <laughs> hours of stream films. I will be okay. I will be out of the country enjoying myself, not talking to y'all. So uh, <laughs> no offense, but I will be having a better time than you. Um, how good the screen movies are really good <laughs> uh no but uh we we probably won't have an episode next week so uh you got a good back catalog thank you so much for listening uh dex what are we doing hashtag support florence Pugh, baby we already ranked her number one in the young goat category she's she's the queen you already know what it is on that front i'm glad all of you are seeing the light especially after hawkeye I appreciate y'all tweeting at me, letting me know that I was right, which, duh. But he I'm needs that, that validation. I need that sometimes. I <laughs> I told y'all about Florence Pugh. I told y'all about the last duel. Y'all gonna start listening to me sooner or later. You know, don't <laughs> listen to me about football or Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but <laughs> I did count out touchdown time a little too early today. But, you know, hey, can't win them all. <laughs> he nearly got your ass, too. He, bro, I was so fucking, <laughs> I'm so fucking pissed. <laughs> I was like, he can't keep getting away with this. Literally, he can't keep getting away bathroom. with it. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, but, yeah, when it comes to films, I've been telling y'all, hashtag sports points, y'all see the movement. Also, real quick, thank y'all who read our, me and Royden's reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've gotten a lot of good traction on that stuff so far. Appreciate y'all for, you know, checking us out, reading our writing. We got some big things in the works. New things are coming. We're going to new levels in 2022. Yeah. It's happening. Stay tuned. Uh, Apollo HOU.com. Our last, uh, actually the last like few articles from us are like from, from us, from Dex and I. Uh, so yeah. Uh, last dual movie review. If you want to listen to this podcast in written form, uh, yeah, check out there. the tragedy of Macbeth review up there. And finally, a Spider Man pizza. Yeah, Spider Man licorice pizza. A few different things. Check us out. Followhu.com. Click on pop culture at the top. You'll see y'all are. All right, guys. Thank you so much. And I guess mama was right. Cause when the clock strikes midnight, gonna ride the lightning, feel the thunder. Till the darkness pulls me under Gonna fly on wings of fire Breathing good, Lord, lifts me higher Singing, oh, when they call me on Singing, oh, when they call me on I'm gonna ride the lightning There's a man in a black Standing at a crossroads With a pen in his hand And a long list of lost souls 
They say blitz are gone.